Uh, guys, I think I turned into a mouse. Zachary? Is that you? Yeah, I'm supposed to do a co-host the Kinder Guys podcast for my first time today. Oh, well, that's okay. Even though you're a mouse, you can still host. You got any cheese, though? Um, maybe after we're done. Uh, I'll start it off for you. So uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Kinder Guys podcast. If it's your first time with us, we are a kids horror podcast where our goal is to create a space for kids to explore horror through fun, inspiring, and meaningful dialogue. We exist to help the younger generation embrace themselves for being different, break the stigma that horror isn't for kids, and to make a positive impact on the horror community at large. My name is Xanthi. I am the host of Kindergeist alongside my 14-year-old niece, Zakia, and my 10-year-old nephew, Zach. Zachary. Zachary. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, Zakia is not here to record the intro with us because she is a very busy young woman and had to run to her study group, but you will hear her in the upcoming interview that we have today. Today, we'll have a special guest, Neil Fraser, who is a multi-award winning poster and key artist from Scotland and UK. He worked on over 60 productions with clients that include Shudder, Prime Video, 101 Films, The Willard Price Estate, and Fright Rags. Neil chose the film The Witches from 1990, which is based on the book by Roald Dahl. The film is directed by Nicholas Rogue and written by Alan Scott and is the reason why I was turned into a mouse. If you watch the movie, you'll understand. So The Witches is about this kid named Luke and his grandma telling him about witches. And if they have purple eyes, um, that means it's a witch. So Luke snuck into a auditorium place where there would be hundreds of witches. And they were all talking about children. It was kind of weird because the witches wanted the kids because they smell bad. It's good. It's decent. Mm-hmm. It's good for our age, I guess. They did a remake of this movie in 2020 with Anne Hathaway, who is um, in The Princess Diaries. Have you seen that? No. Oh, okay. So how did you feel about Neil and how this episode went today? Neil was a great person to talk with. I learned that like the more you practice, the better that you get. If a door closes, another door opens. But but I I know now witches are very hideous. <laughs> they are very scary. I do not want to go near them. They look like werewolves. Yeah. All right, let's get into the episode, and I hope you enjoy what you're about to listen to. You have entered Kindergeist, a horror podcast for kids and ghouls. (laughs) My name's Neil. I live in Scotland in the UK. I am a poster and key artist. So, so basically, I'll, I'll do poster art. I'll do 
DVD, Blu-ray cover art, or I'll do art that they will then chop up to use for Netflix, Amazon, um, for all the thumbnails for Tubi. Yeah, I mean, but basically anything they want me to do. So um, it's, it's a great job to be doing. And I also do a lot of alternate movie posters. So so in my spare time for practice, I will um, I'll make posters of some of my favourite films. And um, I sell prints and I go to comic cons and I do all sorts of fun things. That's cool. Do you like, how long does it usually take for you to make like a poster like that? It depends. Probably about 30 to 40 hours. Wow. A long time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, that's, that's if it's, yeah. um, it depends how much somebody's paying me as well. They've got a very small budget and they don't want to pay me. I'm not, I'm not spending 40 hours on it. They'll get 20, you know, so it's this kind of swings around about. I see. I see. Um, so since we are a horror podcast, like what got you into horror in general? Honestly, it was kind of, they had much cooler VHS covers than the standard film. So um, do I need to explain what a VHS is? Exactly. Back when I was little, we didn't have DVDs, uh, we didn't have streaming, so we would have uh, VHS tapes, so... Um, I think even your auntie's too too young to. Oh no, I've I definitely um, had VHS when I was younger. <laughs> um, but when you would go into Blockbuster, um, you'd go and sort of because we didn't have internet or social media and things. Kind of a lot of the time, if you didn't see anything about it in a magazine or a TV advert, you had nothing to go on. So you'd go into Blockbuster, and there would be like row and row and row of of, of all these films. And being even even at like eight, nine, ten. I was into drawing and into art and they just had much, much cooler pictures on them than the boring family films. Plus the fact I wasn't allowed to rent them um, made them even more, even more appealing. But I think it would have been, um, I used to go and stay at my grandma's house quite a lot. Back in those days, we didn't all have TVs. So there was like in her spare bedroom, there was a TV. So when everybody else had gone to bed, I used to be able to sneak up and, and turn the TV on, see what was on. And they would always have a horror film on at sort of 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I saw some horrific films <laughs> that I wasn't supposed to see. But yeah, that was my first introduction. But it was like, this is really scary, but I quite like it. That's good. Uh, like, do you remember like the first movie that, like a first horror movie that kind of stuck out to you that you just started watching? I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you haven't seen it, but I, it's Halloween 3. It's really kind of... People don't like it very much. It's kind of a, because you had the Halloween series with with uh, Michael Myers and things, uh, but this was the only one that didn't have him in it. And um, it was all about this bad guy who tried to put these masks out and uh, the stroke of midnight on Halloween, it was going to melt all the children's brains it was yeah i mean i'd give it a couple of years before you do watch it but it was the first one i ever saw there's this one moment in it that i've never forgotten and it's always stuck Aww. with me <laughs> and you'll know it if you see it but i'm not, I'm not gonna tell you what it is <laughs> zach do you have any questions for neil how do you make the posters stuff it's kind of i work in a very strange kind of way where i mean i've got i know a lot of people who 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 do artwork and make movie posters as well. And we all work very differently. A lot of people will draw out what they're going to do and they will, they'll go and see the client and they'll show them the drawings. I don't work like that. I like to have it kind of fairly 
free-flowing, so I don't overly plan things. So I'll sit there. Um, if I'm working on playing around with it and yeah, just slowly start overworking it and painting it and putting new, new colors in and, um, just to see, sometimes it comes together really quickly. Sometimes it can take hours and hours and hours before it even looks remotely usable. So there's a lot, a lot of crying involved. (laughs) I I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but you just kind of have to, I've been doing it a very, very long time. I've been, I've been working in art and design since I was 20. So it's 20 something years. Uh, so you just kind of, you have to trust your process. It's just why you practice, always practice, because there's going to be times where you don't have that idea or you're sat in a meeting with a client and you've got to say something or come up with something. So you just have to just trust your process that you'll, you'll get it right. And it takes a long time to learn that, that kind of just, just to believe in yourself, even though as an artist, we all have, it's what they, they call it imposter syndrome, where you never feel like you're good enough or you, you feel like you shouldn't be there or you don't think your work's good enough. And that's a very, very, very normal thing to feel um, in any kind of creative industry. But you kind of have to work through that and, and, and still trust that you'll, you'll get there in the end. It doesn't always work. I have been fired on several occasions. Um, but that happens. Oh. That happens to everybody. That happens to everybody. The first time it happened to me, I was mortified, but it happens to everybody. So you have yeah. to kind of embrace it. For like the Batman poster you gave us, like I know you're you've been talking about like how long and blah blah blah. I just really I really like that poster and like I haven't framed it yet because I haven't found the right perfect frame for it. But I was just wondering how long it like did it take you 30 hours as well to make that? Probably longer because I did you it twice. Do- I did it twice because I didn't like the first one. So I yeah. redid it. Um, I think the first time I sent it, because I did send one to, to Zanti, and then I realized I didn't like it. So I told her not to give it to you. Well, I did, I did another one because I, I'd started to change it. I get really bored. So like, I don't like it. After looking at my artwork for a while, I, get, I hate it. And I, I just want to do it again. So a lot of the time I, I, I do just start reworking things when I've got like some free time. But um, the original one probably took about 20 hours and then to rework it, I kind of took some of the stuff and then redid some of it. So probably another tool and all about 30. Yeah, I could carry on working on it forever if I really wanted to. Uh, it, it will never happen. We're never happy. It will never be finished. I feel like you have a lot of patience with your work, to be honest. Like, I, I think it takes a lot of time. Like, I think people that know me, I don't know, people that know me say I have no patience. They say I'm very... Um, oh. But... <laughs> But but drawing is something I do when I'm fed up with everybody. So it, when I have no patience, that's what I do. So I really got into it during the, the, the first lockdown. I'd been wanting to do this sort of thing for a long time. But when we got put into, into the first lockdown in, in England, we were I was kind of just really bored and I was really stuck. And it just gave me a good excuse to just practice and, and work on things and work. I think one of the first things I ever did was that Batman poster. I think it was probably, yeah, it wasn't too long into the lockdown. I first did that and it's the first bit of work I did where people kind of, oh, I quite like that. It was a good motivation to keep practicing, but I always go back to it and try and use that as my, as a practice, a basis for my practice, because it's something that's quite old now. So if I can do it again and make it look better, it's just kind of trying to prove to myself how, how far I've come in three years. So It's amazing. Thank you. Is that your cat? 
That is my cat. Yes, that is. She oh. she probably appeared on the audio in the start because she she waits for me to go on to calls and meetings and have to start <laughs> shouting. So you probably did pick her up earlier on, but she she might settle down for ten minutes now. She's having a bath. So. <laughs> um, you chose a film, The Witches, from uh, nineteen ninety. So I was just kind of interested, like, why specifically choose this film, and like, what significance does it have on you? I thought this might be quite good because when Witches came out, it would have been, so 1990, I would have been 12 or 13, which, how old are you now? I'm 14. 14. So roughly around the same age as as as, as you are. And also it was filmed in England. It's, a, it's an English film. And I, I thought it might be quite interesting to come to it from that kind of angle. Uh, and also I, w- I used to live in the same town as Roald Dahl, who, who wrote The, the Witches, and he came to my school, gosh, it would have been in like 1987, 1988. He came to my elementary school and he did a, he did a reading of some of his books to us. So we, we kind of grew up fairly close to him. So always been a big fan of his. So jump at the chance to, to talk about anything with Roald Dahl. What was that experience like from what you can remember? I didn't know who he was, oh. I'm honest. <laughs> he was just he was just some guy coming to read from my book. Um, I think it was a few years after that I realized that, oh, I really should have been a bit more into it. We knew he was like because uh, I, I used to read some of his books. I mean, I, I first got into reading things like The Twits and, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach and things. Um, but The Witches is still his best book, in my opinion. So um I'd kind of, I think there were sort of books my parents, you know, my mum would read to me, but I hadn't really quite grasped who he was when he came in. But since then, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed with myself. If I could go back in a time machine, I'd, I'd smack myself around the back of the head and say, pay attention. Um, <laughs> like enjoy the moment as you can. You just get, it's one of those, you, you, you just assume these sort of things happen forever, but, you know, they don't. <laughs> you should always embrace things as they happen because... Yeah. Since the uh, movie is about witches, obviously, <laughs> like, how do you feel about witches in general? Because I feel like they kind of evolve, especially since this is a 1990s movie. And in modern days, they think of witches as like, not these cruel things or supernatural things or just people in general. So how do you feel about uh, witches? They've definitely evolved because when... When I was growing up, they were always like they were evil. There was no good witches. They were they were all horrible, and they and uh, put bad spells on you. And then films like Hocus Pocus and things like that, they started to make witches more fun and like relatable. And certainly around the early nineties, they were they were scary. They were you know they would be up there with your Draculas and your and your your Frankenstein monsters, and and witches would be another. You know, it would be one of the big ones, but they—they they don't seem to be. I mean, witches technically are a real thing now, so you know, you can you can actually be a witch, uh, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but, um, I believe it's there's there's a religion that um, yeah, you can you can actually be a, a fully formed witch now, which very weird. I went to a um, witchcraft museum on 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 vacation a couple of years ago. That was really interesting. They had all the the things from the olden days where. Sort of witchcraft started and had all these potions and, and and things that were actually found and obviously I come from a country that we used to do horrible things if you got accused of being a witch <laughs> so yeah there's, there's one for the history books um 
when you go right back and like if, if you were accused of being a witch, you'd get dunked in the you get strapped to a chair and then you would get dunked in the in the water. And if you drowned, you weren't a witch. And if you didn't drown, you were a witch, so they burned you. Oh. So, <laughs> so, so you couldn't win. You couldn't win either way if you go. And, and people used to do things like that because just to, like out of revenge, if somebody had annoyed you, you accuse them of being a witch. Mm. And then you could get their land because they were dead. Kind of smart, but like a weird thing to do. <laughs> smart, but very evil. Yeah. Um, how does, uh, how does the, the grandma mm. of Luke know about, like, witches? Um, so basically the grandma, she, when she was a little girl, she, she had a run-in with, um, with the Grand High Witch. And which is why in, in the book she has two fingers missing, but I think in the film it's just her thumb, I think. Um, yeah. but she, she, she tells a story about when she was a little girl and all her friends used to go missing and, and they were, you know, she started to discover that, that there was these witches that were, were, were killing children because they, they don't think they, they hate children because they smell funny. Yeah. She, she had a run in with a grand high witch, which is why in the film it, sort of later on, they recognize each other um, when they're sitting in the restaurant. But, but yeah, so she, she wants to, she, cause she's getting older and, and, and obviously cause Luke, um, uh, his parents are killed in a car crash, so she's trying to bring him up, and he has a run-in with a witch, and then she tries to explain to him about uh, all the different things, like witches having square, was it no toes? They have square, square feet, and they always wear gloves because their hands are all wrinkly and and with claws, and they wear wigs, which are always really itchy. So it's a really, it's, you know, it's, it's a really kind of none of that's true. <laughs> if you go through all the all the lore of witches, none of that's actually true, but. It's um, it's a really good story in the book. Yeah, I thought the grandma and Luke's relationship was really nice. That um, she passed on like the knowledge of her experience with the witches, and the fact that when like he was like, "Oh, I saw a witch," she didn't doubt him at all. Well, first of all, because she also experienced, but it's to me that small little moment was so powerful that usually, you know, you see adult saying, oh, no, you didn't, or nah, you don't know what you're talking about. But it was such a nice moment that she was like, I believe you. And that's literally what she said. Yeah, it's almost as if she kind of, when she found out that that he'd seen something, she kind of almost regressed back to being a little girl herself. And they were always going on these little adventures. And um, I think it's because she realized she's quite sick early on in the book. So she's, I think she's um, trying to pass down her knowledge and and and, and, and things. So I know there was quite a few discrepancies between the book and the film, which Roald Dahl was not happy with. Oh, yeah. It was the ending, right? That was one of the big ones. That was a massive one. But there were things like it was the book's a lot darker, um, a lot more disturbing. And they had to uh, they did film. So they did make it quite dark, but they had to they had to cut a lot out because in the UK in 1990, we had very, very strict PG-13 had only just come in. So to try and get it to, to be a children's film. They had to cut lots of things, but there were lots of things in the book, like uh, who's this posh, the posh guy, the posh kid he meets. Um, oh, um, I I, we remember, we remember, you, we know who you're talking about. Bruno. Bruno, yes. Bruno, yes. He's a lot more, he's a lot more horrible in the book. He, cause just, cause Luke and him hate, he hates him in, in, in the book. He's really horrible. And so is his dad. Um, cause they're really, really kind of overly posh and, and they hate, they hate them because they, they think they're Luke and his grandma are um, 
to like lower class and things. So things like that. And yeah, it's, um, Brodol was not happy with the, in fact, he was so unhappy with it that he forbid anybody to make a film of his book while he was still alive. And even then he put it in his will that there had to be a strict set of rules that they had to follow if they were ever to make films of his books again so although he did he did love angelica houston as a grand high witch yeah we love angelica yeah that, he said that was his favorite ever casting was that and it was um yeah she was perfect i think they were gonna um they, they auditioned share initially for the role um sigourney weaver was considered for the role they had a few but they went with angelica houston and i couldn't think of anybody else who would, who would play it so i uh, know it was her favorite role she's she's ever done as well so hmm. For Zachary, did you recognize Angelica Houston? Yeah, you know what he said yesterday? He was like, oh my gosh, is that the girl from the Adams Family? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then I think it was like Mr. Bean or something. Yes, um, Rowan Atkinson. He, he was the hotel manager. Yes. Also, yeah. I wanted to like comment about like what you were talking about, how um, he didn't like how the movie kind of turned out in a way. I feel like that's really common about like a lot of films that were getting based by a book. I know some uh, writers that created a book and then it turned into a movie that they really did not like the movie or like that's not how they envisioned it. So I kind of just wanted to comment about that. Yeah, I mean that's the, the the I think that happens because obviously because I've got a few friends that are authors and they put so much into the book and and they have to in their head they've created the whole world they've created all the characters but then you hand it over to somebody who's got completely different ideas and uh, I, I I think it was more because I think Roald Dahl's initial idea was he didn't want Luke to become a boy again because because his grandmother was very old and. If he had stayed as a mouse, they would have died at the same sort of time. Whereas if he became a boy, he'd have to live through his grandma passing on and things. So uh, I, he quite liked having it. So he didn't become a boy again, just because it, you know, inferred that they would live out the rest of their lives together and things. Um, and they introduced a couple of characters that were were never in the that were never in the book and. I think they changed some things and eventually he kind of sort of, cause he initially said, take my name off it. I don't want to be involved in it. So it was, it was, it was going to be, have to be completely changed and they wouldn't be able to put Roald Dahl's name on it. I think they would have had to change the title. Um, but eventually he kind of agreed to it. I think once they redid some things and they made it a little bit more close to the book um, and eventually calmed down, but you know. <laughs> kind of like bouncing off the discussion about making it less scary for kids when they were working on the film. That kind of makes me think for Zakia and Zachary, did you feel like since this film is targeted towards your age group, did it feel too scary at all? Or I feel like it was, it was good. Uh, yeah, I think it was for an age group, but pro they probably wouldn't understand that much if like they're younger than me. But did you find anything scary or was it? No, not at all. Your tolerance is higher than most kids. Maybe, yeah. It's just <laughs> maybe. It's when they took off their skin, it was so... Ugh. It's a part of the movie, yeah. Zach. <laughs> it's supposed to be uh, gruesome. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of... I think because I would have been... Because like I said, I would have been like 12 or 13. And I can't remember if I saw it at the cinema or if it was a straight-to-video 
I think it was at the cinema because I, I, I definitely saw it as soon as it came out. So yeah, it probably was at the cinema. Yeah, I mean, it was it was that that scene was you know fairly scary as a because obviously being back then we we didn't have access to seeing like many horror films. Like if if you weren't old enough, you couldn't get hold of them. So that was kind of I don't say scary, scary, but it was kind of disturbing. It was quite. It was quite disturbing and kind of un- unnerving watching watching that scene, especially where where they're looking for him and he's hiding under the stage. And yeah, and I mean the the the, the makeup that Angelica Houston wears when she pulls her face off is really really good. They did a really good job. That's Jim Jim Henson did that, didn't he? So um, right. So I think it was the last film he ever physically worked on was mm-hmm. The Witches. Yeah, he did really well. I did feel like some of the scenes were scary for me in um not the sense of like the traditional way but like when she pushed the baby car i was like oh my goodness yeah there's there's a few things like that that are just kind of you're just a psychopath (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean there's 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 a few scenes in it where where like i think one of the scariest bits was where where the grandma's telling about all her children all her friends when she was a, a kid going missing and they had all these little stories about the, the little girl that got put into a painting and just got older and older and older. And then you had, mm. yeah, there's some, there's some really good little stories in there that kind of, it would make a really good short, short story collection having those. So I love the the painting, like being trapped in the painting. Yeah. Especially when like the, the, the parents realize, don't they? And then they just watch her getting older and older and older. So um, in the movie, like what's your favorite character? Just like if there was, a, was there a character left out? In the movie? No, there was one added in. There was one added in. The um, I think it's the the girl that Mr. Bean, her, his assistant, that girl's not in the yeah. book, but she was in the film because they needed something to not make him look so horrid. <laughs> but I quite liked him. I quite like the Rowan Atkinson, uh, the, the manager, because he's he's kind of a bit of a goof, but he's kind of trying to be like really strict, but he's um calamity and like knocking things over when he's chasing the mouse and the witches came out the same year as Mr. Bean. So that was, he did that before Mr. Bean. So it's the yeah. same year, but it was later on that year that, that, that Mr. Bean came out. So we didn't even know him as Mr. Bean then. <laughs> I love Mr. Oh, Bean. He's so good. Yeah. I didn't know that you love Mr. Bean. I love Mr. Bean. We couldn't get away from it. He was like, he was huge here. Yeah, Cause uh-huh. we, we didn't have, he used to come on on a Sunday night. He used to have Mr. Bean on a Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know. It was like I watch it back now, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's quite funny. But was it that funny back then? <laughs> but apparently, it was. I know Americans. Americans love Mr. Bean. A lot of my, all my friends in America, they they absolutely adore Mr. Bean, and uh, he was great in his time. I find it difficult to watch now because it's kind of he's more annoying now because he's kind of yeah, I agree. Like when you see him do something, you know, like, why have you done that? Why why are you putting that in the in 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 the oven? Why are you why are you hanging it out the window? You're just an idiot. <laughs> I was just uh thinking like what does Gen Z think of Mr. Bean? <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Zach, have you watched it? No. Okay, we need to show you. Oh my gosh. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was like really funny. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of you know, if you're gonna it's kind of like the the way you're you're looking at horror now as like um horror for kids. That's kind of comedy for kids. So it's kind of it's kind of very simple, very you don't really have well, he doesn't talk, does he? So it's kind of very visual, um, which is I think what made him so popular because you could every country in the world could could kind of watch no matter what what language you spoke, you could still watch Mr. Bean and kind of you got it. 
you understood what what was going on. So yeah, he's 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 kind of pre movies when he started doing the movies. That's when it started getting a little bit a little bit irritating. But pre movies when he did the TV series, <laughs> great. Don't watch the movies, watch the TV series, and it's much better. Do you guys have any last comments for the movie before we close out? Well, no, I, I definitely think it's, it's a, a film that you should be watching if you're if you're trying to get into horror. You know, it's a really great place to start because it's kid friendly. It's not too gruesome, but it's got enough scares in it to kind of test out whether you might like scarier films. Or it's a it's a good benchmark to see how well you're going to cope with the the harder stuff. The Witches is like one of the big kids horror films in like the formation of like the subgenre. We were, I was spoiled in 1990 because you had, uh, you had The Witches come out, then you had Arachnophobia come out. Then you had um, one of my favorite films called The Willies, which is um, an anthology film. And I would really recommend you guys checking that out. <laughs> uh, and obviously we had Stephen King's It <laughs> came out that year as well. So we were really spoiled with kind of lots and lots of like amazing things that year. But the Willies is is um it's really, really good. It's all it's all done by I think there's two kids in a tent and they're telling each other ghost stories and 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 then you it's kind of a bit like what you would get from um Is it Are You Afraid of the Dark? Kind of thing, yeah. It's kind of that kind of things, you know, um just sort of an anthology of stories, like creep show type things, but mm. more aimed at sort of more kid-friendly and it's got one of the best twists I've ever seen at the end of a film in it so highly recommend it I have to check it out definitely so like uh what advice would you like would want to give kids who might want to become graphic designers just like you or I yeah first thing I would kind of say is like it's the it's the old it's really boring but practice 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 it I can't overstate that word it's the amount of time even now i spend just practicing and just just trying something new or trying a new brush or trying a new color or um but it's kind of never a never ever give up because i tried for years and years and years to get anywhere and it wasn't till until i came across um a little film called host which obviously me and your auntie are both wearing the t-shirts of at the minute um I couldn't get any work at all. And by that point, I was, how old was I then? I would have been 41. So it's, it's you know, and never, ever give up because I didn't think, you know, in my 20s, I wanted to do all this. And I was doing some normal graphic design, but I couldn't get anywhere with other artwork and just keep going, just keep practicing, keep reaching out to people, keep uh, speak to people. It's, it's always that are in the industry. It's always a really, really good um way forward especially now with movie directors and movie producers are now reachable by internet which you know when i was trying to get into things you, you could you had to write a letter an actual physical letter and post it and hope that they would get it whereas you know i've spoken to film directors and when i was first getting into it i'd speak to them and i would kind of do some stuff for nothing and, and just say look can you give me some feedback and um so you would do some art they would tell you oh you know maybe do this maybe do that if, what they would be looking for so you're getting some you know tips from the people that are actually making the films and um reach out to other artists i mean so, we're all quite nice you know if, if you reach out and ask for advice most of us are pretty good at working with you and giving you advice i mean there's there's always some bad ones <laughs> but i'm not, not going to name names on here 
Um, but ninety nine percent are really nice. You know, if, if it's a, if it's what you want to sort of get into, start joining into those kind of circles, and you and you'll see what other people are doing. And um, I'm working with lots of other artists at the minute on a charity uh, event. And, you know, you get to see people of all different levels. It's, it's, it's not all people that have made it in the business. And it's, it's people that have never got a job in there, people that have worked for years in the, uh, making art. And it's, it's a really good kind of a way of kind of getting to meet other people and, and, and putting ideas together and just keep talking to people. It's the best advice I can get. Don't, don't think you have to kind of do things on your own. Just keep going. Just keep working. Keep reaching out. And you will get there. Zach, do you hear that? Did you hear that? He draws really good and he draws anime characters. I don't know if there's like a connection there because there's both drawing, but I feel like if Zachary is going to pursue that kind of perspective, then I don't know. Maybe. Were you listening, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should. It's, it's kind of, advice. believe me, if you'd asked me, like three or four years ago if you told me three or four years ago that I would know some of the people that I know now and speak to and um, I would never have believed you I mean it, I've got phone numbers of some of my favorite actors I've got you know I, 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 how did that happen I'm just from you know I'm just a nobody from a little town in in the middle of England and all of a sudden you you go from nothing to that it's, it can literally happen that quick all that work you put in will pay off overnight and people will think you're lucky or you've, oh, you're just at the right place, the right time. To be at the right place at the right time, you have to put in all the work beforehand. Nobody ever sees that bit. They'll only ever see you once you've got some kind of recognition, but always keep practicing, always keep going, even when you don't want to. Because believe me, I wanted to give up many times. And I still get days where it's like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I sitting here in the dark at two o'clock in the morning? To put something on social media that nobody's going to like, or I'm going to get like three likes on it. You're always chasing that one. You do one and then you get hundreds and hundreds of likes. But I only ever remember the ones where I get nothing. So, you know. <laughs> um. So lastly, like since our audience is mostly children, do you have like any um like recommendations for like horror movies that you would like recommend? Obviously, one of my, fa- it's, it's not a, really old film but Monster House that, that animated um, I loved that I absolutely loved that film um, and I would have been when was that 2000 and early 2000 so 15 years ago so I would have been in my late 20s and even then I loved it it's it's a really really good film Labyrinth things like Labyrinth so a bit older ones things like Labyrinth which is not technically a horror film but it's again it's got that kind of creepy factor things like Casper from uh, Casper the Ghost from 1995. Obviously, like I said, The Willies is, is a really, really good film. I think one of the scariest films I ever saw as a kid was Return to Oz, if you've ever seen that. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's basically the sequel to Wizard of Oz. And it's the most terrifying film I've ever seen. I don't think it was supposed to be that scary, but the hor- horribly scary film. Um, my mum took me to see it at the, at the cinema, thinking it would be like a nice family film and I was terrified absolutely terrified but definitely worth a watch if you're again if you want to see if you can handle scary films watch Return to Us and obviously one of the more recent ones was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark really really good anthology of um, stories in that so I'm quite fond of anthology stories because you tend to get a bit of everything same with books I quite like 
Stephen King's books where he had lots and lots of stories in because I get bored quite easily. So having having like have it broken down into short things is, is sometimes quite good. Plus, you have to get to the point quite early. So scary stories said that that's really really good. But, but don't don't if you're if you're listening and you're very young, don't watch Halloween three. Ignore everything I said about Halloween three. It doesn't exist. Don't don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, a young me would immediately go and watch. <laughs> I'll just make 3. it worse, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, go go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Anyways, so do you have any like anything to plug or like where can people find you on social media? Yeah, um, pl- oh yeah, I mean, um, I could be found on Twitter at Neil. What am I on Twitter? Neil Fraser seventy eight. Um, because I made my account before I decided I was going to do this, so it's my boring old account. Uh, and on Instagram, I'm Neil Fraser Graphics. Uh, yeah, and I believe on Facebook I have a page, Neil Fraser Graphics. I have a page on there as well. So yeah, feel free to follow me. Um, I'm appearing at a few comic cons in the UK, so I'm always happy if if anybody, even on social media or in person, they can more than happy to look at people's work and I can give you advice and things. So. Uh, always feel free to to reach out and I'll do what I can. That's so sweet. Thank you for that. No problem. Um. So I just, does anyone have any last questions before? No, I just also want to say thank you so much, Emil, for choosing this film and also discussing like your process and the grind of working as an artist. So we appreciate that for especially for young people to hear that it's it's a hard business and kids are not alone in feeling like the struggle of everything. Yeah, and I mean, it's um, until I start, started speaking to other people, I didn't really, I, I thought it was just me. So, um, <laughs> which is why you should always, I, I, I won't lie, it really can be a, a grind and a struggle, but it is worth it to, when things work out and, and you get to work on some of the projects I've got to work on and I've got to work with, you know, some of my, favorite filmmakers and I do a lot of things that nobody's ever going to see because they're for pitch decks for films that they're going to put to the studio so nobody's ever ever going to see what I've done but it's really cool to work on these things with people and it's one of the it's one of the it doesn't matter how successful you get there is going to be that you can have horrible days and it's going to be a grind and so you know don't think that you have to get to a certain you know oh if I you know get to a certain level everything's going to be great you're still going to it's still going to be the same so you know just reach out, talk to people, and you know, it'll work out. I really appreciate your transparency. Um, transparent. I can't say the word. I thank you for being very transparent with us, like about the whole process as well. Like, I know it takes time to just like explain everything. Um, thank you so much. And Zachary, do you have any last words too? Um, thank you for coming. It was. Nice meeting you and stuff. Okay. <laughs> He's a man of few words. It's it's early in the morning for you guys, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, know, it's, it's it's nearly five p.m. here, so you know <laughs> I've had a, I've had a whole day. We will sacrifice our sleep for a Kindergeist podcast thing. This is a uh, first time doing a guest co-host too. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. it's very tiring it is very tiring <laughs> oh goodness thank you so much uh neil for chatting with us thank you neil it's all right <laughs> my pleasure um please subscribe to the podcast and add us on instagram twitter and tiktok all you have to do is search up kindergeist podcast just remember that you are loved you're a baddie and remember to always live on the fright side 